Hello, welcome to today's really centralized interview, which is with David Irfin from Made Safe, and he's based in Scotland. Hello, David. Hello, how are you? So let's begin. If you could just introduce Made Safe, what does it do? Who's it aimed at? In a brief introduction for a minute or two. Yeah, Made Safe really is a solution to today's internet services, which I believe are falling apart. Uh, centralized control and removing control from people is a huge mistake and it's not really something that we can live for in the future so MedSafe is really a mechanism to allow people to have complete ownership of their own data and thoughts and communications. And that's as short an introduction as I could make it. <laughs> <laughs> And um, from the user's point of view, if someone was using it, what would it? How how would it work? It's really almost like people using TCP/IP or HTTP at the moment. The MadeSafe platform isn't something really you would just download and use. It's part of an application, so you would download maybe Dropbox or YouTube or uh, there's there's some really interesting things with complete decentralization like a global voting system or a federated worldwide news system and that would contain within it all of the code that allows your application to speak to the MadeSafe network. So the, the MadeSafe if you imagine is everything from the wires all the way through HTTP, SMTP, FTP, SSH all re-implemented into a large cyber brain. So, so it replaces all those layers and somehow makes all of this, all of these computers and all of this uh, network and storage space into one thing. Yeah, yeah. one thing that's controlled by maths with no humans involved. Uh, that's administrators or people setting it up or whatever. It's a self-healing uh, network. That the more people that's on it, the better it is. The more scalable it becomes. And that it, it's really. If, if you kind of look at, I, I look at nature all the time, I'm always looking at nature, and every single bunch of cells or flocks of birds or groups of ants, they all work as small individual entities in a collective, and that's, that's I believe, the way that data and human nature mm. should work as well, so no controlling entities. The controlling entities, in my opinion, like even in the finance world, we've seen firsthand that when you have controlling entities, they, they introduce error and then rules and then regulation and then corruption and then greed. And that ends up killing people. It's so inefficient. And the Internet's going pretty much the same way now. You see all, all of our data being stolen or lost or misused or abused or we target advertising that we don't really want. Uh, these things are all controlling entities as well, so we have to remove all of these these issues. And it's very easy to remove them because it, well, it's easy. It's taken us eight years of hard work. But if you if you take away all of the people and, the, and make the rules very simple and make each computer understand, just like an ant or a brain cell, mm. each of these things are, are extremely stupid in their own. But you put millions together, and they become entirely sophisticated. So um, technically, and as much as you can for a general general audience, although we do have quite geeky watches as well. Yeah. Like, how does how does it work? How does it do this magical thing of 
like making lots of computers look like one platform. It's it's actually quite easy. We've got intelligent computational devices which we call computers on our desks or maybe in our hands or pockets. These things are capable of three billion operations per second. So we just connect all of those together and tell them to follow just a few simple rules, just like as if they were an ant or a brain cell. They don't need to follow many rules. They just follow a few rules. And those rules enable that system to manage your data and provide all the computational resources. So do I so I would install something on my computer like a made safe client or browser or something that would set set that up on my computer? Yeah, what what we've got now is we started six weeks ago with a developer list, which is now up at two hundred and twenty different developers, all looking to provide different applications. So if you imagine you're going to get a, a new Dropbox, a new YouTube, a new LinkedIn, a new Facebook. Mm. These are all going to be controlled by us, for us. And the, the, the profit model is already built in. So none of these companies should need to steal our data. An interesting thing about the network is there's no passwords on it. There's no passwords on your local computer. The only person that decides to go into the network is you. And the only person that can ever put you off the network is you. So you basically make this deal with the network on your own. No government, no company, and no person can remove you from it. And as well as that, none of these people know that you're using it. We mm. don't know you're using it. It's the, the only way that you can really have security, and I think like this from a security perspective, if you think what we've got on the internet just now, and it's, it's some, I, I can understand why people think this. It's like years ago we were all pulling sledges about and someone came along with a wheel and said, well, we should do this. And they, oh, good God, yeah. why didn't we do that before? And if you look at the internet just now with the same mindset, it's almost like we're going, if we're going to join Google or Yahoo or one of these companies, it's kind of like you're going to the locksmith, your local locksmith, and saying, can I have a lock for my door? And mm. he says, yes, you can, but I'm going to keep the master key. And every time you want to enter your house, you must ask me, and I might not let you. And it might be off or away. So the current system we've got is we hand over not only our data, but we hand control of our data and our access over to other people. Yeah. You know, this is it's, it's alarming to me, and I think it's very dangerous, because if you try and remember phone numbers, just now your top five people you call, you probably don't know them, because Google remember them or your phone remembers it. Mm. Part, part of our intelligence is now being put into the network. We don't remember things. It's like calculators came along. We don't need to remember long division anymore. So the data in our head, our thoughts, our private thoughts and feelings and and innovation is actually being put online now. And then we're being restricted access to it. You can be put off the internet by a multitude of people, including governments. And that's wrong because data and the ability to communicate is vital to the human race to move forward. And the only way to move forward is to have full unfettered access to that data. It's it's like if you hand over control of your data, it's like walking into a hospital for a lobotomy, saying, I'm not going to use that part anymore. Yeah. It belongs to someone yeah. else. So, so really, when you think about it like that, the main safe proposition and, and it's now called Project Safe. We've handed it over to the community, which is a strange business model we can discuss. But mm. the, the yeah, big proposition is uh, 
really you are completely in control of your own data and you don't so you don't need to ask anyone for access which is amazing for us in the developed world it's exactly what we should have but it's even more amazing for the developing world because we don't need to think about how can we make money off these people we just need to think about how can we get these people onto the network the mm. network funds itself and some person in Africa could have the cure for cancer and we'll never know unless we allow them to put that information there. So compared to other platforms like um, either old ones like TCPIP or new ones like uh, Unhosted and the like, you've got kind of a money system built in so that when people contribute uh, storage you have to pay for it. Can you sort of explain how that Yeah, that's, that that's really interesting and that's developed over the last, this is one of the <coughs> excuse me, beauties of not just open source, I, I think open source is great, but open source is misused because we could take five million lines of code and dump it and say that's open now, aren't we fantastic? Mm. Open development and, and shared intelligence is a much more important thing so you have to say here's the code, let's talk you through it, let's uh, let you understand it, in fact let's give you this code and make sure that you can build on it. So this, this is really important and as I say we've opened this mailing list and it's given us ability to hone the system and now what we've got is there's there's various actors in place and there's multiple levels of economics involved in I'm an engineer, I'm not an economist, I'm not going to try and be one but there's farmers which are a bit like Bitcoin miners and when you download an application on your desktop computer it'll include a farmer so you might download and we'll, we'll make a, a demo available on Friday actually of what Dropbox would look like in a an autonomous network and you would download this thing and use it and think this is great it's like Dropbox hang on I've got eight exabytes of free space here for life that's pretty <laughs> amazing and then oh I've also got secure messaging and secure email and then you'll notice what's this wallet thing good grief this thing's earning me money so as a human you know you'll get something apparently for nothing and it, it's not for mm -hmm. nothing I'll explain in a moment, but and this thing will start earning you money through a product called SafeCoin, which is very like Bitcoin, except it's cash. It's an actual cash. Mm. So it's not auditable like the network. No one knows you've got SafeCoin until you spend it with them. But that's that's farmers, so these are people, that's, that's just you and I. We just download an application and all of a sudden it, it starts earning us money. The people who build the applications themselves, they, they actually encode a wallet address into their application. So this Dropbox system or a YouTube system or Facebook or whatever it would be. And they they get paid 10% of the rate of a farmer. So all of the open source teams out there now that are creating fantastic systems like Linux, and Apache, web servers and whatnot, they can run on MedSafe and those developers will all get paid automatically. So you get, like, if, if your application's used by someone and uses up some disk space or uses up some CPU, yeah. then the app developer gets 10% of the cost of that yeah. space. Yeah, he's getting 10% of, of what the farmers are, are being able mm. to get. And that's pretty amazing because open source products are, are great. Some of them are fantastic. But there's never been an open source business model that works because what we do with developers is we say, thanks for the app, 
now you have to become a support engineer or now you have to become a distributor or but mm. what we do is we say you have to be not a developer anymore because we're not going to pay you for development and mm. what that system does is says thanks for that it's of value to society the society's using it and here's your payment and that's a very interesting proposition because we pay developers which we know develop good code to develop more good code we don't say stop being a developer now be a manager or a salesman we actually say you're good at this so th those are two of the kind of economic incentives that's in the system which are pretty exciting for me personally the other one and people say but you're giving mm. everyone free access to data you know this is this is an insane proposition you know it's a free lunch conundrum and there's no such thing and really our approach is well if you're putting information onto this network and it's valuable and people are consuming that information everyone's getting paid then then you're educating people so this internal network between users of producer consumer is very important because it's just like you're doing this program just now and think, oh my god that's free that's great well it's not free you're providing an education people are taking that information in so I, if I if I publish this on on MadeSafe, I'd get like a cut of every video that was watched. Yeah, of the, the, of the network use. Absolutely, and th and again, that's where MadeSafe's providing this logic. If you were a Hollywood studio, you would want people to copy this video. You would want people to pirate, as they call it just now, because you're just making a, a much broader base for people to absorb that information, and. We're looking at, at the ability for different data to be costed at different rates or have a, a like mechanism built into systems. So you say, oh, that was a great video interview. I liked that. Or that was a fantastic movie or a great song. Hit like. And mm. hitting like is, makes a tiny micropayment to the actual author mm. or producer. And those those are the kind of logical approaches that, that we take in Project Safe that it's not about adding rules and regulations and DRM and if you look at the UK tax law just now it's now jumped up to 1300 pages worth of rules mm. uh, and to me you don't need to be very smart to be able to find a, a gap through those rules you know <laughs> KPMG pay a lot of money to do that but I, I think any person in primary school could and uh, so what we are saying is strip away all of that rubbish take away all of this policing that goes on with piracy or take away all of the nonsense that goes on with who can join and not join a network and, and take away people's only the, 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 it seems to me that internet companies have a profit driven motive just now that's very singular in approach and it's take your data and sell it back to you or sell it to someone else like take your private mm. information and, and advertise through it and that's a very dangerous. It's a very dangerous model, and it it doesn't mean that MadeSafe doesn't allow advertising, but if you want to put adverts online, the MadeSafe software that the person's using, you or I, could decide does it want to go and find those adverts for you and show you them. Mm -hmm. But there's certainly no need. I mean, we don't walk into a shop to buy a pair of trousers and hand over our passport and our you know all the rest of it and tell mm -hmm. them what our mum's maiden name was and all this kind of thing. So we're really taking a much more pragmatic and logical approach and that really means taking a lot of the rules that's in society and reducing those rules into a system of fairness and have that fairness calculated through maths 
and very simple algorithms that we look at. And yeah. Okay. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about just made safe the organisation? Like, how did you get going? Um, you're, you're based in Scotland. What was your original funding? And also, interestingly, how's this going to mutate? Because it sounds like you're turning more into a community rather than necessarily a traditional company. Yeah, I think we started in 2006. Oh wow! Uh, so it was three years before Bitcoin. <laughs> we had all the cryptocurrency stuff calculated. So. That was an obvious thing, like being able to do that with currency, with voting, and with many other things. It, it's completely obvious we can all communicate now. So, in 2006, February 22nd, I spoke to some friends and family, and they thought it was a great idea. Uh, I did a mock up and some Python code to show the system working. And then I went away to the Czech Republic for eight months to Brno because they don't speak much English in Burnham, so I could, I thought, I've got this money, I better design this system properly. So that took eight months to do, which is a bit of a, a horrible thing. I wouldn't want to do it again. And, you know, there was 1,200 pages of nonsense. And then we get more funding from more friends and more family. And the company really started properly around about 2007. We had done quite a bit of work in 206. The... To the point where we created a Python version of the system, which is a mm. Python's okay. It's a Python was developed for school children to learn to program. It's not really a robust system that you'd want to put out everywhere. And we took that to the Google Scalability Conference in 2008 and demonstrated it. And I did a thing on a whiteboard, which was quite good. But at that point, we thought, well, we need to really get much more investment and write this in a mm. proper language, C++, or something as low as that, which we knew was going to be a challenge. So we took in more investment, and it's quite a crazy place to work because most of the staff are investors, and their family are investors, or landlords an investor, or accountants an investor, or lawyers <laughs> So it's actually really nice because... It means that we're very open. My email in the office is always open. We're a very open company, and when you don't, when you don't have lies, or you know, you don't need to do some strange marketing thing, you can be very open, and anyone can ask you any question at any time, and you just tell them what's in your head. You don't need to think. Oh, if I said, mm. you know, I'm... so the company is great because no matter what we do, there's an investor in part of the process. So in terms of making sure that fairness is in place, it's great. The The downside of that is we've got about 200 investors and every one of them thinks that, you know, if I email <laughs> David, you know, I'm the only one doing it. So you're basically crowdfunded, really. It's such a large number. Yeah, that's very much like crowdfunding. And, Things like, yeah. And it's been, it's been fantastic and none of us thought it would take eight years because I did... For a while, I think we'd try and bring in a professional CEO, for instance, which took mm -hmm. about a year and a half, and that was a complete disaster. Um, you know, it just doesn't work. Uh, then we, we brought other folk in with particular investors to try and manage the company, with the more angel investors. And again, that doesn't work. And I think it's a bit like the Apple situation where... You know, you take out the kind of roughly technical guy and replace him with a Teflon-coated CEO from Pepsi or something, and the mm. company collapses. 
And we went through a couple of those things. So the crowdfunding is great, but it doesn't give you enough money to really... We, we always ran with maybe two months' salary in the bank. Mm. And that was always pressure for me. So there's good things and bad things about it. So I've always been one of the questions uh, about lots of these decentralization projects that I'm interviewing is like, what's the business model? Um, so you've had lots of you've had funding from like friends and family, but yeah. then you, you're selling safe coins. Is that right? Is is another yeah. revenue stream? That, <clears throat> that's an interesting business model because we're actually taking what we've developed over the eight years and giving it to the community now, and it's great because the people in the mailing list now they talk about Project Safe as our project. So it's not a made safe project anymore. Mm. And then we're selling some of these safe coins, 10% of the total number of safe coins. And that'll raise about $8 million. But interestingly, none of those safe coins are being kept as founder shares. I don't have any shares of made safe. I actually gave them all away to a foundation <laughs> and to the staff. So we're not keeping founder shares. So MadeSafe, the company, has to continue to innovate. This is one of my core driving things about businesses. If we ever suppress a competitor by using patents or money to stop them, mm. we should go to jail. You know, If we're not innovating, and if we find a competitor that's actually better than us, we would all leave MadeSafe and go and work for that competitor if they had the correct vision. And our vision is a very powerful one. It's privacy, security, and freedom for all of the people of the world. So the crowdfunding, what we're doing is that will pay the MadeSafe staff for three years. And at the end of three years, we have to lock the door and walk away unless mm. we've innovated again. But I, I've got plenty. To, there's lots of innovation that we've got to bring to network. <laughs> lots. Okay. So it's, a, it's an interesting... But part of the crowdfunding as well, actually which is unusual, is we're going to set up six international development companies in direct competition with us. What, to make applications or to, to make, make the platform? To make, make the platform better. And they will also make applications. But as we're improving the platform as MadeSafe, we'll have these six other businesses. And wow. they'll work in, in competition. So we're actually giving our products away, setting up competitors, and that's going to make us more powerful than anybody will imagine. Mm. Fantastic. Okay, uh, just to finish up then, if there's a, a user at home who wants to, someone who wants to use MadeSafe or help contribute uh, what, financially or with code, like what can they do at the moment? How can they best help? Head to the website uh, madesafe.net and that, that will lead you through to the developer community. There's a, there's a developer mailing list just now which is partially developers and partially interested people. And there's about 10 or 12 people joining that every day. That's really a great place just to say, hello, what's going on, and how can I be involved? There's also the safecoin.io site, and that's where people could say, well, I'm not very good at code, and I don't know what I'm doing, but I love this idea and concept, so I'm going to contribute to the whole community. And that gives people the ability to buy uh, safe coins, which will be actually buying into not into MadeSafe, but into Project Safe, which is now something the community own. Okay, fantastic. Um, thank you very much, and I hope you succeed and you decentralize the internet. Thank you very much. That was really good. It's good talking to you, David. Thank you. Thank you.